ओनो मित्र संवरुण सन्नो सन्न इंद्रो बृहस्पति सन्नो विष्णुक्रम नमो ब्रह्मणे नमस्ते वायो प्रत्यक्ष ब्रह्मसे प्रत्यक्ष ब्रह्म वदिष्यामि सत्यं वदिष्यामि तन्मामवतु तद्वक्तारमवतु अवतुमा वक्ता अखंडम सच्चिदानंदम 
అఖండం సచ్చిదానందం అవాంగ్ మనస గోచరం అవాంగ్ మనస గోచరం ఆత్మానమఖిలాధారం ఆత్మానమఖిలాధారం ఆశ్రయే భీష్ట అర్థతోప్యద్వయానందాన్ అర్థతోప్యద్వయానందాన్ అతీతద్వైతభానత అతీతద్వైతభానత గురూనారాధ్య వేదాంత గురూనారాధ్య వేదాంత సారం వక్ష్యేయమదే సారం వక్ష్యేయమదే విషయ జీవబ్రహ్మైక్యం శుద్ధ చైతన్యం ప్రమేయం తత్రయ వేదాంతానాం తాత్పర్యాయ studying a text is what we call vishaya the subject matter what is the subject matter of vedanta jiva brahma aikyam aikyam the identity between jiva and brahma <coughs> we discussed that yesterday how upanishad reveals me to be different from what i take myself to be upanishad reveals this world to be different from what i think it is Upanishad reveals God to be other than a different from what I presently take it to be. So why does the Upanishad have to say that? Because with reference to Jiva meaning I, Brahma meaning God, and the creation, the universe, I have various notions or conclusions. That is the reason why this, I mean this revelation or this unfolding of the Upanishad is necessary. I think that I am a limited being. And if I was happy with being limited, there would be no problem. I think that I am a limited being. I am one among the many. I am separate from others. If I was happy with that, we would not have needed Vedanta. I think that God is away from me. Even if I believe in God. If I don't believe in God, there is no question about it. But even for the people who believe in God, they invariably take God to be different from them. away, somewhere remote. And the world that we perceive, we commonly take it to be real, as we perceive something concrete, the reality. So with reference to I, the Jeeva, with reference to Brahma, God, and with reference to creation of the universe, we have these ideas that I am different, God is different, world is different. I am limited, God is limitless, all right, but away from me. and world is real as it appears to be. This is what I think and I am not happy with this. I find that with this kind of conclusions I am not able to really get anywhere in my life. My life is based on these conclusions. Whatever I do or whatever I do not do is naturally always based on my perception of life. Whatever choices I make in my life, whatever pursuits I, I endeavor, All those are going to be based on my perception of life. What is my perception about myself? What is my perception about God? 
what is my perception about the world? These perceptions then only decide my life. And I find that, that I don't seem to be going anywhere with reference to my life in as much as I don't seem to find the fulfillment. I don't seem to find that happiness which I am seeking. That means these perceptions are not right. Meaning the life as it is today based on this perception doesn't seem to be giving me the fulfillment which I am seeking. And that I am, I am not happy or that I am a samsari transmigrating from one cycle of birth and death to another one or that I am always a seeker that I never find a, a rest or a peace within myself I find myself not quite an acceptable self that all these problems are there however you define the problem which is called samsara is only because of these false perceptions and therefore it is true perception alone that will solve all the problems. This is the idea. That the perception of the truth as it is, itself will solve the problem. You don't need to do anything with anything. Therefore he said, praptasya praptihi, attainment of what is already attained. Meaning, we have to see what has been attained and we have just taken for granted. We have to see what we are, we have to see what Brahma is, we have to see what world is and then decide whether uh, you know, then and needs anything remains to be done. <coughs> so, Jiva Brahma Aicham. Well, when Upanishad reveals this, that I am Brahma, it naturally cannot be that I, which I take myself to be today, cannot be Brahma. Brahma means limitless. And I, as I take myself to be, cannot be limitless. There's no question about it. I, this body, is not limitless. I, the mind, is not limitless. I cannot proclaim myself with God as I think myself to be today. So this passage is Shuddha Chaitanyam. Shuddha Chaitanyam is pure consciousness or pure intelligence. What do we call it? Pure intelligence or pure consciousness or pure awareness. Chaitanyam means awareness or consciousness or intelligence or knowledge. So pure knowledge pure consciousness, pure awareness, pure intelligence. That is what I am. Shuddha Chaitanyam. So when I discover, as with reference, with the help of the Upanishad, when I discover who I really am, when then I focus my attention on this question, who am I? Then I see this fact that this body or the mind or the intellect, this Upadhi, I am not. I am really a witness of them all, I am a seer of them all, I am a knower of them all, and the knower has necessarily to be different from the known. If I am the knower of this body and the mind, then naturally I must be different from the body and mind. Then who am I? That's where Upanishad reveals that Satyam Jnana Manantam Brahma, Vijnanam Anandam Brahma, I am Atma Brahma, this Atma the Self is Brahma. And what is Brahman? Vijnana Anandam. Brahman is of the nature of intelligence. Anandam of the nature of fullness. So that in that pure intelligence, that fullness, that Brahma I am. Thus, when it is said that Jiva, the individual, is Brahma, it is not said with reference to the conclusion I have at the moment about myself. I am not Brahma as I take myself to be today. I am Brahma in reality. Then I realize that. So, 
when an inquiry is made into what we call I or Tvampada, then we realize that Tvam or the I or the Self is Shuddha Chaitanyam, pure intelligence or pure awareness, that's what I am. And when we inquire into the nature of the world, what is this world? We realize that the world is nothing but pure intelligence. So this pure intelligence alone which is manifesting as the I, the Self or the individual, the very same pure intelligence manifests itself as this world. Because you look, wherever you look in the world, you'll find intelligence. Everywhere in the world is intelligence, intelligence. Even the, what we call inert thing, the intelligence is there. Everything is, everything is functioning or everything obtains in an intelligent manner. Because nothing is redundant and nothing is out of place. There is intelligence, there is harmony, there is order, even in atom. In atom also we find particles moving, rotating, performing some function. Everywhere the very intelligence. A plant grows intelligently. A mountain is intelligently. The wind blows intelligently. Intelligently means there is a purpose behind it. And therefore, we see that intelligence is really manifesting in everything that is there in life. And therefore, ultimately, every name and form, when we realize, when we inquire into the reality of any name and form, we find that one name and form yields to another name and form which is its cause. Every effect yields itself to the cause, or an assembly yields itself to the components. Thus every name and form is an assembly made up of other names and forms. And thus, we, when we inquire into the reality of any object, any name and form, we find that a name and form reduces itself to another name and form, which is more fundamental, which reduces to yet another name and form. And where will it ultimately get reduced to, to that which is without the name and form, which is pure intelligence. So this is a vision that Vedanta provides us about the world. Don't think that the world is inert. Don't think that the world is jadam, inert, dukkham, unhappiness. No, that's not what Vedanta says. It may be safe perhaps to begin with in order to turn our attention from the world towards the self. But ultimately, what is the vision of the world that Vedanta gives us? That the world also is intelligence. Same pure intelligence, Brahman alone is the world. <clears throat> and who is God? God is omniscient, omnipotent, omnipresent. How can I be God? But even when we inquire into the truth of what is omniscience, omnipotent, omnipresent, we find that it is the same pure intelligence which alone is omnipotent. Same pure intelligence when looked upon from the standpoint of the world of the creation is taken by us to be is designated by us as omnipotent, omnipresent, omnipresent, omni, omni, omniscient. Thus when we inquire into the truth of what we call God, the creator, the sustainer, the dissolver, the controller, that also turns out to be pure intelligence. When, when we inquire into the truth of the universe as we perceive, that also turns out to be pure intelligence. When we inquire into the truth about myself, that also turns out to be pure intelligence. All there is, is pure intelligence. Shuddha Chaitanyam. This, this is what Vedanta reveals. That all there is, is Shuddha Chaitanyam. Pure awareness or pure intelligence. Which has no modifications. Which is not subject to change, modification, birth, death, growth, disease, old age, anything. 
So it's free from every modification, free from every absolute, free from every limitation, so it is free. And it is, there is no boundary at all, therefore it is boundless. It is boundless means it is full. Saying to our intelligence is boundless, therefore it is pure, it is full. It is without any attributes, without limitations, therefore it is free. It is pure, therefore devoid of all the impurities and modifications. Therefore what we call ananda, happiness also is that. What we call fullness, purnatam, that also is that. So that pure intelligence, Shuddha Chaitanyam alone is freedom, alone is fullness, alone is happiness, that alone is freedom, whatever we are seeking. Therefore, Shuddha Chaitanyam, and that is, that is already accomplished. That is already accomplished, that is what obtains already. It is not that this intelligence has to be created, or has to be achieved, or has to be acquired. It is there, and that alone is. Therefore, it is, that is to be recognized, rather than to be reached, to be created, to do anything with, it is to be seen, because that alone is. So Vedanta the Srivils, Brahmas, Ekamevad Vityam, that pure intelligence, also called existence, also called love, also called happiness, also called freedom. These are all different names for the same thing, called Brahman, called differently in different uh, cultures. It's that alone, that's one without a second, that alone is. So here, it is not that we take believe in one God, there is only God. There is nothing but God. This is the vision that Vedanta reveals, and that is the subject matter of Vedanta Vishaya, Shuddha Chaitanyam. That is what? Pramayam. Pramayatum Agnyadatum. That is unknown today. And Pramayam, that which is to be known. This Shuddha Chaitanyam, this pure intelligence or Brahma is not something to be achieved. Pramayam, Vignayam, that which is to be known. Satma, so Vignaya. Is not something to be, it is Gnatavyam. Natu Praptavyam. There are two things, Praptavyam and Gnatavyam. Praptavyam, to be achieved, to be acquired, to be attained. Gnatavyam, to be known. In which category, Shuddha Chaitanyam, or the pure awareness, in which category does it fall? Pramayam. The word Pramaya is made from the root Ma. Ma means to measure, or Ma means to know. Maya, that which is to be known, or that which is knowable. Pramaya, that which can be very well known. So this Shuddha Chaitanyam is Pramayam. It is that which is to be known is not something to be achieved. Pramayam, meaning gnayam or gnatavyam, something to be known. Nidu praptavyam, not something to be attained. Now this is also very important. If Brahma or God is to be praptavyam, meaning it is to be attained, then the endeavor of our life will be of one kind. And if it is to be known, then our endeavor and pursuit will be altogether of a different nature. When something is to be attained, well, it is necessarily different from me. In which case, an action must be performed in order to bridge that gap between I, the seeker, and the sought, that which is sought. In that case, karma or action would be the main means in order to accomplish the end. Here, on the other hand, Brahma already obtains. 
Shuddha Chaitanyam, all you obtains. That alone is, and that is to be recognized, that is to be seen, that is to be known, they say that is to be realized, well, whatever I want to use, realized means to be known. To be realized means that that alone is. Say, realize, hey, I am the tenth man, I realize that. So when the tenth man discovers himself as to, oh, I am the tenth man, I realize that I am the tenth man. So what is that realization? By the word realization, we mean some happening. Realization is nothing but discovering or seeing the fact. That I say I realize because I missed it so far. I was looking elsewhere, the tenth man is someplace else, and therefore I never really thought about who I am. Now I realize I am the tenth man. I realize that this is all Shuddha Chaitanyam, pure awareness. I am pure awareness. Everything is pure awareness. Everything is fullness. And that's all it is. That is what is that knowledge or seeing, understanding, discovery is called realization. That's called pramayam. It is to be discovered. This truth about the life, truth about life is to be seen, is to be discovered, is to be appreciated, is to be known. Not something to be created, something to be achieved, something to be changed. No. That's the reason why no change is necessary in life, ideally. But Swami, you have to change your mind. Well, all right. You have to change your mind so that it stops changing things. Right now, our mind is such that it wants to change everything. It finds things not all right. Wherever the mind goes, wherever it looks, it finds it to be not satisfactory, finds it to be not complete. And therefore, it has a tendency to make everything complete, change. Mind thinks that completeness is something to be created. And I'm trying to create completeness and all the time by rearranging things about myself, rearranging my own self. All the time rearrangement is going on. I had one bedroom here, one garage there, one car here, one carpet there, some furniture here, one child here, one friend there, one job here, one promotion here, one change here, one transfer there, one traveling here. I keep on doing it. What am I doing? All the time trying to rearrange, trying to create new configurations. This is a tendency of mind which has concluded that fullness or completeness is something to be created, something to be achieved by some kind of an action, some rearrangement. I will say, understand that fullness already is. When the mind sees this fact, it becomes poised. This is what some meditator, in some schools of meditation they are trying to do, to stun the mind, stop the mind. You don't want to stop the mind and stun the mind. You want to make the mind see that what is, is fine, so it will be in poise. Not it will stop, it will get completely resolved, it will be completely satisfied. That what I am seeking alone is. That's why it is a pramayam. And this is very important. That is in fact requires a major change, a tremendous transformation in our mind. That habitually the mind wants to create. Habitually mind wants to achieve. Habitually mind wants to become. It wants to become better and bigger than what it is. This is just a built-in samskara, a built-in pattern. It wants to become, it wants to change, it wants to achieve. This, this very built-in pattern of the mind has to be transformed. 
by constant education, constantly making the mind see that no becoming is required, no achievement is required. Because as long as the mind is in the mode of becoming, as long as the mind is in the mode of achieving, at that time it is not in the mode of seeing. See, the mind can be either in the mode of seeing or in the mode of becoming. These two are mutually exclusive, understand? When the mind is trying to become something, trying to change something, at that time it, it is not in the mode of knowing thing because it cannot appreciate the thing as it is. When will the mind be in the mode of knowing? When there is no activity to change or become or do anything. So when this whole idea of becoming or doing or changing has completely left the mind, then the mind acquires a frame or a disposition which is fit for knowing. Now you think about this. You know different modes in computer, etc., you know? So here mind also has modes. So mind is poised to do what? Poised to know something or poised to do something. When there is doing, then the mind naturally is, is determined to bring about some change somewhere. When it is poised to know, then it takes things or accepts things as they are. A knowing mind accepts things as they are because it wants to know. Even if I want to know this flower in front of me, when will I know that object? Only when I just look at it without any expectations, without any change, without any transformation, I just look at it objectively, then I see that flower. On the other hand, if I want to make a flower, I want to change the flower, I want to rearrange the flower, at that time the mind is not in the mode of knowing, it is in the mode of doing. So doing and knowing are two different modes of mind. Mind can be either doing or knowing, it cannot do two things simultaneously. Therefore. All the time the Vedantic teachers say that all the karma, all this idea of doing must be completely given up. Then alone when the mind gives up doing, and when will it give up? When it is convinced that no doing is necessary. When it is convinced that no achievement is necessary. That things are fine as they are. Things are perfect as they are. That is why the value of acceptance. That we accept. Accept means try to see that things are fine as they are. That's called acceptance. Acceptance does not mean swallowing or passively, uh, you know, uh, watching things. Acceptance does not mean suppressing my feelings or whatever. Acceptance means that. Acceptance means seeing the fact that things are fine as they are. So these values of acceptance, accommodation, forbearance, non-violence, truthfulness, all these values which are given to us, all of them are conducive to a knowing mind rather than a becoming mind. In non-violence, there is no becoming, nothing is to be done. In truth, nothing is to be done. In humility, nothing is to be done. In acceptance, nothing is to be done. When you are arrogant, some doing happens. When you are hurting, some doing happens. 
When you are telling a lie, some doing happens. So see how these values make the mind poised for what we call knowing rather than doing or becoming. So this is a very important word, prameyam, shuddha sotanyam, prameyam. The truth is something to be seen, not something to be created, not something to be approached, not something to be attained. And thus, observe your mind. A mind that wants to create will always project things. Because what is meant by, what is creation? Creation is changing a thing from one to the other. Projecting something upon something, that's called creation. You take a lump of gold and, 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 and change it, transform it into uh, some kind of a form and call it ornament. So upon the goal you project something and then call it creation. So doing mind is always projecting mind. The mind projects duality. Mind projects a sense of doership on oneself and mind projects a duality. Then alone it can do things. So doing or becoming always involves duality. And knowing more is when the mind stops projecting the duality. So anyway, we'll have enough chance to uh, discuss all this as we go along. We don't have to exhaust the whole Vedanta in one sentence, but this Jiva Brahmaikyam Shuddha Chaitanyam Prameyam. Prameyam, here it is to be realized, meaning to be seen or to be known. <coughs> How is to be known? Shotavya Mantavya Nididhyasatavya. So it's Atmavare Dashtavya Shotavya Mantavya Nididhyasatavya. Hey Maitreyi, Atma is to be seen, known. How? Shotavya. Shotavya Shudhivakyabya. So Atma must be listened to from this with reference to the statements of the Upanishad. Mantavya Shobhapattivihi. Having listened to the teacher unfolding the statements of Vedanta, then mantavya, with the help of logic or the reasoning, that has to be mantavya, is to be reflected upon to remove the doubts. Matvacha satatam And having now understood, gained the vision, free from doubts and vagueness and error, dhyaya satatam, constantly it should be meditated upon in order to assimilate that, in order to become free from the habitual errors, Ete darshana hetavaha. These are supposed to be the means for darshanam. Darshanam means the knowledge of Atma. <coughs> so it is Pramayaha. Now, the question arises that there are other teachers or thinkers who seem to have come to different conclusions studying the same Vedanta. You say that Vedanta, the subject matter of Vedanta is to reveal the identity between Jiva and Brahma. Fine. The Shuddha Chaitanyam, pure intelligence, is really seeing on the subject matter of Vedanta. But there are other thinkers who think, who say that the, uh, the Atmas are many Sankhyas are their own opinion, Nayayikas, Vaishyashikas, are different schools of thought who seem to present the truth differently. How do you say that you are right and they are not right? They are also great people, great thinkers. Therefore, the author says, Tatraeva Vedantanam Tatparya. Tatraeva. In revealing this identity of Jiva and Brahma, Vedantanam Tatparya, 
the Vedantas, the Upanishads are devoted. Or there is a purport of the Upanishads to reveal the identity between Jiva and Brahma. And that also this text will present. There is a way of arriving at what is the purport of this text? What is the theme of this text? Upakrama, Upasamhara, there are certain linga. Linga means certain signs that you look for, certain marks that you look for to, to understand what is the theme or the subject matter of the Upanishad or any text. Introduction, Upakrama, what is introduction? Upasamhara, the conclusion. Always the, the conclusion, introduction and conclusion will refer to the main subject, main theme. Abhyasaha, that which anybody wants to say will be repeated again and again. The Tattva Masi is repeated nine times. That Dawar, that identity between that and Dawar is repeated nine times in Shandagya Upanishad. Abhyasaha. Apurvata, a text will present the knowledge which is not available from any other source. Halam, it must have a purpose to serve. Arthavadaha, you'll find here the praising of the theme which is to be conveyed and perhaps a condemnation of the opposite. Upapatti, the reasoning, also to show why what we say is right. So these are the various linga or the chinha or the marks, the evidences that we, with which, with the help of which we arrive at what we call tatparya or the purport of any text. And when this Vedanta or Upanishads are analyzed, with the help of these linga or these evidences or marks, then we realize that the tatparya, the purport of Vedanta is in Jiva Brahmaikyam in revealing identity between Jiva and Brahma. And therefore, what other thinkers say cannot be right because when we analyze the tatpari, the purport, then this is what we find that the Vedanta are all devoted to only revealing one truth and that is that Brahma alone is. So Brahma is a subject matter. What there is is Brahma alone, Jiva also is Brahma. As we seen yesterday, Brahma Satyam Jagan Mithya Jivo Brahma Yuvanaparaha. As we said yesterday, a verse that is attributed to Sankaracharya, where he says that I am going to tell you what is stated in countless big volumes, is that Brahma Satyam, Brahma alone is truth, Jagat Mithya Adi Jagat, the creation of names and forms is Mithya, meaning that also is nothing but Brahma. Jivo Brahma Yuvanaparaha, and this Jiva, the individual, also is Brahman and none else. So this is the theme of this text also. <coughs> so, Adhikari Vishaya, third is Sambandha, connection. Third Anubandha is connection in the passage 28. Sambandhastu Tadaikya Prameyasya Tat Pratipadaka Upanishata Pramanasya Bodhya Bodhaka Bhavaha Sammandastu Now coming to Sammanda or connection Tat Aikya Pramayasya Tat Pratipadaka Upanishad Pramanasya Cha Bodhya Bodhaka Bhavaha 
Sammadha means connection or relation between Prameya and Pramana. Pramana means the means of knowledge, which is Upanishad. Prameya is Brahma, which is to be known. So what is the relation or connection between Upanishad and Brahma? It is Pratipadaka, Bodhya Bodhaka Bhavaha. Simple. Bodhya, Brahma is that which is revealed. Bodhaka, Upanishad is that which reveals. Bodhya, that which is to be known. And Bodhaka, that which makes it known. In short, the connection between Upanishad and Brahma is that Upanishad reveals or makes us see Brahma. And Brahma is that which is revealed by the Upanishad. <coughs> so, there are, diff- there are many connections there actually. What is the connection between the, uh, the seeker and the sought? What's the connection between the subject matter and the text? So, different connections are there. The reason why this sambandha or connection is important is what we already had discussed earlier is that the sambandha that obtains between karma and swarga is different from the sambandha or the connection that obtains between knowledge and moksha. That knowledge of karma See, Brahma, that we have, as we say in Vedas, these two sections, Karmakanda and Jnanakanda. Karmakanda that reveals the karma, various rituals. Jnanakanda that reveals Brahma. So, what is the prayojanam or the purpose of Karmakanda? Swarga or the heavens. That you perform various rituals and ultimately achieve heavens. What is the purpose of Jnanakanda? Moksha or liberation. Now, having studied Karmakanda, having gained the knowledge of all the rituals, that knowledge of rituals is not enough for you to achieve heavens or reach heavens. You must perform the rituals in order to reach heavens. So, this is the case with karma. Or this is the case with something to be achieved. So, there are two things in our life, praptavyam and jnatavyam. Praptavyam, that which is to be achieved. Jnatavyam, that which is to be known. You'll find that these are the two things in our life. What we do not have is to be attained or acquired. And what there is, is to be known. The swarga of the heavens is not here. Is separated from me in terms of time and place and whatever. And therefore, it is something to be achieved. So whenever the goal is to achieve something, then there has to be a, a link between I who wants to achieve and heavens which is to be achieved. There must be a link of what we call karma or an action. Merely knowing that there is swarga, heavens, merely knowing that there is certain ritual which will be means of heavens, merely knowing all this will not take me to heavens. But then, having known these rituals, I must perform the rituals. And then alone I can reach heavens. Knowing that how to make a cake will not enable me to enjoy the cake, in order to enjoy the cake, not only I should know how to make the cake, the recipe, but I should actually do it. And I should eat it. And then alone I can get the result. So where there is praptavyam or where the, the objective or the goal is something different from me, then karma or the action is required. Where gnatavyam, where there is something to be known, no action is required. In knowledge, action is not required. Whereas in achievement or attainment, action is required. So the first section of the Vedas called Karmakanda 
talks about all those ends which are different from uh, the seeker. And therefore, the means in the form of various karma the rituals are also revealed there, performance of which will enable me to achieve the various ends. Whereas jnana kanda is different, that the goal here is moksha, the liberation, which is not separate from me. It is something which is already, which already obtains, that atma is already free, and therefore, that fact is to be known, the knowledge alone is attainment. In case of karma or action, knowledge is not attainment. Knowledge followed by action brings about attainment. In case of moksha, the liberation, knowledge alone brings about the attainment. Here the means and end are one. That the means and end are different. Here the seeker and sought are one. That the seeker and sought are different. So this difference being there, between karma kanda and jnana kanda. Therefore we always find the samanda or the connection which always di- is always discussed in the Vedantic texts. <coughs> and finally, we go to the fourth anubandha called prayojanam, the purpose. Prayojanam tu tadaikya Prameyagata Ajnana Nivratti Swasvarupa Ananda Avaptischa Taratishokam Atmavita Ityadishrutehe Brahmavita Brahmaiva Bhavati Ityadishrutescha Prayojanam tu, Prayojanam means purpose. What is the purpose of study of Vedanta? Purpose is Veda, what does Vedanta or Upanishad do? Give us the knowledge. What does knowledge do? Remove ignorance. So this is prayojanam tu. The purpose is now tat aikya pramegata ajnana nivrutthi. The thing is that the fact is that I am Brahma. The fact is that that pure intelligence I am. That I am full and complete and free. This is a fact. That whatever there is, is nothing but that pure intelligence or Brahma or God. This is a fact. Even though that is a fact, and Brahma is self-effulgent or self-evident, and therefore the fact is self-evident actually, and still we don't see it. The point is, we do not see this fact. I do not see the fact that I am free or I am complete. I do not see the fact that Brahma or God is not away from me. That what I call Jagat or creation also is the same pure intelligence which is the self. That fact is there, but I don't see it. Why I don't see it? Because it is Agnyanam or ignorance. As we, as this text itself will nicely discuss. What is meant by Agnyanam? What is ignorance? <coughs> the text will say that the ignorance has two components. First component is called Avaranam, meaning the veiling. The second component is vikshepa or projection. 
So not only I do not know the truth, but then I take the truth to be different from what it is. Not only I do not know that I am free, but I take myself to be bound. Not knowing would have been okay, but knowing wrongly. So here Ajnanam or ignorance is not knowing followed by knowing wrongly. Just as the ignorance of the rope is that I do not know the object as rope, but then I take it to be snake. This is a problem. The taking to be taking it to be opposite of what it is is a problem. So this agnyanam, this consists of what we call avarana and vikshepa, or veiling and projection. Tasya nivruttihi, agnyana nivruttihi. The purpose of studying the text is agnyana nivruttihi, is to gain the knowledge by which we can eliminate the ignorance. Dispelling the ignorance, nivruttihi, removal, or destruction, or dispelling. So dispel the ignorance pertaining to the truth, and what is the truth? The identity between Jiva and Brahma, that truth which obtains, which is self-evident, but what not known to me. So dispelling of ignorance pertaining to the truth is the purpose of the text. <coughs> so Agnana Nivrutti. Unfortunately, as you say, from his Agnanam or ignorance is caused all the what we call the suffering in life. The process is this way, avidya, asmita, raga, dvesha, and abhinavesha. <clears throat> First is avidya or ignorance. From that is created asmita, the sense of individuality or the ego. And from the ego are created raga and dvesha, likes and dislikes. So whatever is agreeable to the ego becomes an object of like. Whatever is disagreeable to ego becomes necessarily an object of dislike. So ego immediately projects what we call the likes and dislikes. The ego brands the things and beings of the world as agreeable. It brands others as disagreeable. And what it brands as agreeable is attracted towards them and he wants them. And what are the ego brands as disagreeable? He has a repulsion for that. It wants to get rid of them. So immediately when there is ego, there has to be likes and dislikes. Because ego needs to be protected. Ego needs a security. Ego needs a self-acceptance. So whatever helps me to accept myself, I naturally love. Since I love the ego, and there is a need on my part to support the ego, or accept myself, whatever is conducive to that acceptance becomes an object of like. I like that. So therefore I naturally love that when I am accepted. Everybody in the world is seeking acceptance. We don't find it, but then that's what we are seeking. And where we find that acceptance, naturally our love, you know, or our love and attachment, all of that uh, manifests itself. So from the ego arises raga. Raga means attachment. And for the opposite, that which is not agreeable to ego, that which is not, I mean, in keeping with my acceptance of myself, that which creates in me non-acceptance, that naturally becomes an object of dislike or aversion. So from the ego, the two products are there, attachment and aversion. And as this Radha Dvesha, the likes and dislikes become more and more intense, it creates more and more fear in me. Because when I am attached to something, 
I become so dependent on that thing also that without that what will happen? There is a fear, what will happen? Or when I have a strong dislike for something, then the very present, the, the very possibility of the presence of that thing also creates in me a fear. So the strong Radha Dvesha, the attachments and aversions also create fear. That's called Abhinivesha. And they were strongly clinging on to something. When there is a fear, I strongly hold on to something else. Abhinivesha, a, a very strong clinging to something. So this is called, these are called five called kleshas, this is samsara. What is samsara is ignorance, giving rise to asmita, the ego, giving rise to vaga and dvesha, likes and dislikes, and giving rise to fear and strong clinging onto something. This is called samsara. All of the samsara is a product of what? Ignorance. Therefore, when it is said here, agnana vrtihi, a dispelling of ignorance or removal of ignorance, it also means that by this knowledge, there is a removal of all these products of ignorance. When the knowledge comes, naturally the ego cannot be because knowledge reveals the ego to be false entity. When the ego is false, the likes and dislikes are also falsified. When likes and dislikes are falsified, the fear also is falsified. There is in this knowledge what we call the falsification of samsara. And where is the root of samsara? The ego, the sense of individuality. That is where all the dukkha, all the pain and suffering is to be all traced to this ego. And the world of course will as they sprinkle the salt on the wound, you know. So already there is a big wound inside. What is it? The ego, the littleness, self-non-acceptance. And the world would add salt, sprinkle salt on that. And that is how the problem only becomes what? Confounded. This is called samsara. And therefore, agnyana vrutthi, dispelling of ignorance, meaning that dispelling this whole chain of ragadvesha, of suffering. And this alone gives rise to the birth and death. Because impelled by my likes and dislikes, I perform various actions to fulfill the likes and dislikes. And that gives rise to various results which are branded by me or judged by me as success and failure. And towards the results, therefore, I have another reaction of again attachment or likes and dislikes. So the likes and dislikes give rise to action, which gives rise to results, which gives rise to further likes and dislikes and further desires and further actions and further results and further likes and dislikes. And this is how that samsara goes on. So Agnyana Nivrutti is freedom from, a total freedom from the dukkha or suffering or the pain. <coughs> but is it all? There is just freedom from pain? Is it what your moksha is? says, no. Svasvarupa ananda avaptisya. There is ananda avapti. Avapti means attainment. Ananda, ananda means fullness. There is also an attainment of total happiness. Where does it come from? When the dukkha or the pain or suffering, unhappiness goes away as a result of the knowledge, where does that happiness come from? Does it come from elsewhere? It says, no. Swasvarupa ananda avaptihi. The attainment of ananda or the attainment of, they call it bliss. So attainment of happiness or fullness. So that word bliss is not, as you very well know, is not an acceptable word. Here, bliss we should understand as what? Fullness.
completeness. So ānanda is, is, is understood as fullness or completeness because bliss has a connotation of some kind of an experience, something happening. Here we say nothing happens, something is discovered. So there is therefore a discovery or seeing of all, which is equal to attainment of the ānanda, ānanda avāptihi. <coughs> See, avapti, ap means to attain, apti means attainment, avapti also means attainment. So, ananda avaptihi, attainment of ananda, or attainment of happiness. But is that happiness really attained? He says, no, it is not attained because swa ananda avaptihi. Attainment of the ananda, or attainment of the happiness, which is swa my own nature. So when that veil of ignorance goes away, then the self shines in its true nature. And what's the true nature of the self? Ananda. Vijnanam Anandam Brahma. Self which is the nature of Ananda shines. Just as when the cloud is removed, how the sun shines, so also the cloud of ignorance is removed, cloud of all this ego etc. is removed, the Atma shines in its own glory which is Ananda. So at no point in time in our life, ānanda or happiness is to be acquired. It is a veil of unhappiness which is to be removed. Even today also, whenever we gain happiness, even though we think that the happiness has come from somewhere, in fact we find that the happiness is nothing but removal of an obstacle in the form of unhappiness or craving or desire or sadness or what it is. And when that veil goes away for a moment, the happiness which is the self reveals itself. So, even today also happiness is never attained. Happiness always becomes manifest. It becomes unmanifest when again the cloud of desire and sadness comes. Cloud of desire, cloud of demand, cloud of complex, cloud of self-condemnation comes, then happiness becomes unmanifest. When momentarily that cloud goes away, the happiness becomes manifest. And therefore, it is manifestation of the happiness, the total happiness, which is the nature of my own self. <coughs> And in support of this, that moksha has these two aspects, remove, total removal or total elimination of all the pain and suffering, and total attainment, absolute attainment of the total happiness. Both are one. It is not that unhappiness goes and happiness comes. As unhappiness goes, happiness is discovered. <coughs> and this is based on the shudhi, based on the Upanishad says, Atmavit. Atmavit, the knower of the Atma, the knower of the Self, Shokam Taradi. He causes the he crosses or overcomes grief. Shoka means grief. So grief alone is what we call samsara. Grief. So samsara can be described in different ways. Grief. Tardashokam Atmavit. When the sage Narada goes to the great teacher Sanat Kumara, there is a story described in Chandogya Upanishad, the seventh chapter. Then, sage Narada goes to Sanat Kumara with a prayer, Adihi Bhagavo Brahmedi, O revered sir, please teach me Brahma. Then Sanat Kumara says, you first tell me what all you know. Then, sage Narada tells him what all he knows. How he knows all the Vedas and Purana, then Itihasa and grammar, every branch of knowledge he was an expert. Sage Nagara. So this is all I know. 
And in spite of all this knowledge and all this accomplishment, Soham Bhagavashochami, O Lord, I am still grieving. Tanmam Bhagavan Shokasiparam Taretu. I, such as the grieving self, O revered sir, may you please make me cross this ocean of grief. So that sage Narada admits before the teacher Sanat Kumara that I am grieving. Outwardly I am highly regarded. I am one of the most accomplished persons in this world with so much amount of knowledge and so much amount of accomplishment. But inside there is grief. Meaning all these accomplishments in my life have not removed that grief. Therefore, please give me that knowledge by which I can become free from the grief. Why do you think that the knowledge will remove the grief? Shrutam hetad bhavad drushedbhya You heard from such great ones as you that the knower of the self crosses the grief, overcomes the grief. Thereby meaning that it is ignorance of the self which causes the grief and therefore knowledge of the self eliminates grief, removes the grief. So tardishokamatmavit so this statement shows Atmavit, the knower of the self, overcomes grief, meaning the knowledge of the self eliminates all the grief or all the dukkha. <coughs> Not only that, Brahmavit, Brahmayogavati, attainment. Brahmavit, again knower of Brahma, Brahmayogavati becomes Brahma. It should not be Brahmavit really, but Brahmaveda, Brahmayogavati. There is no such statement as this. In Upanishad, Brahmavit, Brahmayogavati, you don't find this statement. The real statement in Mundaka Upanishad is, Brahmaveda, Brahmayogavati. Sayohavaitat Paramam, Brahmaveda, Brahmayogavati. One who knows that Brahma becomes Brahma. <coughs> Veda means Sakshat Karoti. One who Sakshat Karoti, meaning one who appreciates or knows immediately, knows Brahman as a self, Brahmayobhauti becomes Brahman, meaning the knower of Brahman becomes Brahman. Does he become Brahman? No. He discovers the self to be Brahman. Like a person who is searching for a lost necklace, which necklace happens to be hanging in the neck, but somehow it is out of sight, and you think that the necklace has been placed somewhere, and you are looking for it all. So, Kanthagada Chami Karam, this is a, a, a famous expression in Sanskrit. Kanthagada Chami Kara, an ornament which is actually hanging in the neck, but still this person is searching for that all over. You don't, and ultimately you realize, hey, the ornament is with me, then you can say, hey, I, I got the ornament. Did you get it? I got it. You haven't got it actually, you already had it. And still what do they say? I got it. So there, getting, Usually the verb getting, to get is employed only where you get something that you did not have. But even for something that I had, we say, I got it. So that getting is avupacharika, it is only in a secondary sense. In fact, I discovered it. But, so far I thought that I did not have it, and now I know that I have it, therefore, the effect is the same. Whether you, you get it, you get something that you did not have, or you get something that you had but you did not know that you have. As we said, the desires of two types, desire for something that I do not have, or desire for something that I think I do not have. <coughs> Here, he was searching for something that he thought he did not have, and when he gets it, he thinks that he got it. 
Similarly also, it is not that one becomes Brahman. One discovers the self to be Brahman. The one who is Brahman, but takes himself with Jiva, discovers the self to be Brahman. Brahman means limitless, meaning Ananda. Satyam Jnanam Anandam Brahman. Brahman means Ananda. So these two statements, the first statement shows how the, the knowledge of the self removes all the grief. And second statement shows how knowledge of the self enables one to acquire all that ananda or the fulfillment or the fullness in life. And this is prayojanam. This is the purpose of Vedanta. The purpose of Vedanta is to remove all the grief in life and to enable one to discover all the happiness one is seeking, the fulfillment, the fullness or the freedom that one is seeking and once and for all total elimination of all the grief and suffering. This is the purpose of Vedanta. Which purpose is accomplished? Not through inaction or not through doing something. That purpose is accomplished by the knowledge. Knowledge yourself enables me to accomplish that purpose. Okay. Om Puranamada Puranamidam Puranat Puranamudachyade Puranasya Puranamadaya Puranameva Vashishyade Om Shanti 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 Shankaram Shankaracharyam Keshavam Vadarayanam Sutra Bhashya Krutavande Bhagavanta Upunaf Punaha Ishvaro Guru Ratmedi Murti Veda Vibhagine Vyoma Vadvyapta Dehaya Dakshina Murtaye Namaha Om Shanti 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 Harihi Om Shri Gurubhyo Namaha Harihi Om